So here we are in 2 Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to begin reading at verse 19. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run. Let me do what? Run. Let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, But whatever happens, tell your neighbor whatever happens. He said, Whatever happens, please let me run also. After the Cushite, so Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? Ahimaaz replied and said for the third time, whatever happens, let me run. Then Ahimaaz ran a different route by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes up and looked and there was a man running alone. Look at verse 23. Whatever happens, let me run. I'm not saying I can outrun anybody in the room. I'm not saying I can run as good as you. But whatever happens, let me run. I do want to get to the king. Come on, somebody. I do have something to say. I dare you to tell somebody in your neighborhood, whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, whatever happens, say, let me run. Yeah, I'm here today to determine that I'm going to run all the way till I see the king. I'm going to run all the way till I encounter the king. Is there anybody here? You're a runner. Are there any runners in the room? Let me run. I feel like preaching. Are you ready? Slip up your hands, precious father. I pray you will anoint me. God, you, you have made an appointment for me to preach this word to your people today. And I pray that you will encourage the runners in the house, even those that have grown weary, that they will be strengthened. And God, I pray an anointing over me to teach and preach your word here and by live stream around the world. If you're a runner and you want to run for Jesus, somebody give him the ovation of the morning. Come on. Give, come on, all the runners, shout one time. Shout at home. Before you sit down, tell somebody around you, whatever happens, say, let me run. Let me, let me run. Let me run. I'm running to the king and I'm running for the king. And I may not run as fast as you or may not run as fast as I used to. But in Jesus' name. Let me run. Are there any runners in the room today? Are there? Hallelujah. In this text, we see two runners, an unnamed Cushite and a son of Zadok named Ahimaaz. And both are running to and for the king. And this son of Zadok is being discouraged by Joab from running. And, 
and listen to what Ahimaaz says. He says it three times. He basically said, let me run. Until he finally says, whatever happens, let me run. I'm not saying I'm the greatest runner ever, he said, but I do want to get to the king. And I do have something to say. So I'm going to take some time and I'm going to teach this. If you're ready, somebody say, bring it on. The background of this text, y'all, is both incredible and heart-wrenching. It revolves around the story of King David and his son Absalom. And in this great story, David is no longer the young warrior king that he was. He's now an old man. And he is enduring the worst betrayal imaginable. His own son has defied him, defiled his wives, and divided the kingdom. It is mutiny on the highest level and to the ultimate degree. And David finds himself in a condition he never thought he would be in. Have you ever found yourself in battles that you thought you'd never have to fight? Where are the real people at? Have you ever found yourself in seasons when you were fighting battles and you said, how am I even fighting this battle? David is right there. He's fighting a foe that should have been a friend and beyond that, he's fighting his own family. What do you do when you find yourself in warfare with people that you've loved? Even, even Absalom, this, this boy that David had loved so much, he had forgiven him and restored him. If you know the story here of Absalom, even after Absalom had carried out a revenge killing on David's oldest son, Abnon, for raping their sister Tamar, David forgave him and David restored him. And, and, and here's what you've got to know about this. David was betrayed. And I, and I want to tell you, I wish I could stand here today. And, and, and say that every one of us, uh, we're immune to betrayal now that we follow Jesus. But the reality is, no one gets a pass. Everyone has to deal with betrayal. Even Jesus. Betrayal hurts, y'all. Betrayal is always wounding. But it hurts most when you endure this treachery from someone you've loved and someone you've helped. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been stabbed in the back by people you've loved and people you've stood with and people you've helped? And it's that investment of love, that relationship that you have with them that makes it hurt so much. It wouldn't hurt so bad if you hadn't invested so much. And sometimes, like David, you don't even see it coming. And you say, well, apostle, that has never happened to me. What do you have to say about that? Two words, keep living. Where are the real people at? I said, keep living. I said, keep living. Sooner or later, you will endure betrayal. Sooner or later, somebody will stab you in the back that ought to have your back. And you cannot be surprised because like I said, even Jesus endured betrayal and none of us are able to bypass those moments. And, and I'm telling you, if you don't think that I've endured betrayal in ministry, you better take a deep breath and get some oxygen in your brain. Come on. But in the midst of it all, David is betrayed. He flees for his life 
Because Absalom now wants to kill his own father. Absalom goes and sleeps with David's wives. And he divides the kingdom. And so now David is fleeing for his life. But I've got a word for you. Even though he had been betrayed, God's hand was still on David. Even though he had been stabbed in the back, y'all ain't helping me. God's hand was still on him. He was still God's anointed. He was still called of God. And he was still a giant killer. I dare you to tell somebody in your neighborhood, I'm still a giant killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I've been through trouble, I'm still a giant killer. And David must have had confidence that he would one day be back on the throne. Because in hiding, he wrote these words. It was in hiding that he wrote Psalms 3. And he said, many are they, are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. They're saying, I'm done. They're saying, God forgot me. He's in hiding writing this. He's in a cave writing this. They're saying there's no help in him from God. The Lord is done with me. That's what they were saying of me, David, penned the words. But he said this in the third verse. But you, O Lord, are the shield about me. You're my glory and the one who lifts up my head. David said, this ain't my first fight. This isn't the first time I've been hurt. And God, you are my glory and the lifter of my head. So, so here's what he said. I cried to the Lord. See, some of y'all been crying to people. But he said, I cried to the Lord and he heard me from his holy healed. And then what did he do? Verse five, I laid down and I slept and I awoke for the Lord sustain me I have a word for somebody you can't let crazy people keep you awake you can't let crazy people rob you of your joy you can't let betrayers rob you of your peace you gotta make up in your mind I'm not trusting in you anyway you didn't put me where I am you didn't give me what I've got you didn't open up for me what's been open for me so I'm gonna trust the Lord you stay awake I'm gonna lay down and sleep And I want to tell you, I may not be preaching to everybody, but maybe I'm preaching to somebody. Maybe you've endured betrayal on some level or, or you're facing it now. I came to tell you, your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Just poke somebody on the shoulder and just say your destiny is greater than your dilemma. I'm going to tell you something the enemy does not want you to know. You are still God's anointed. I said you are still God's anointed. His hand is still on you. And you are still a giant killer. If you believe it, give the Lord a little praise right now. Come on. I've endured betrayal. But here's what you have to decide. I'm not going to let betrayal contain, control, or contaminate me. I'm not going to let it limit me. I'm not going to let it steal my victory. It won't contain me, control me, or contaminate me. And here's what I want you to know. The same thing David knew. Anything you ever were, you still are. Help me, Holy Ghost. 
See, betrayal doesn't change who you are if you refuse to let it. How many of you are not going to let crazy people change who you are? If that's you, one, two, three, make a little noise in the room. Raise up your hands. You are still God's anointed. You're still called of the Lord. And you are still a giant killer. Now, if you believe it, give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. So if you're still all that, make an announcement to your neighborhood and just say, let me run. Yeah, yeah, I may have to cry sometimes, but let me run. It may get hard once in a while, but let me run. (laughs) I may get talked about, but let me run. (laughs) I've been disappointed, but let me run. I hadn't always been done right, but let me run. So in this story, there are several, I haven't started preaching yet. We just buttered the roll. Come on, somebody. In this amazing story, there are several significant things that God showed me. In this account, God proves himself faithful to David. Now, here's the question. Has God ever proven himself faithful to you? Okay, that's about 63%. I said, has God ever proven himself to be faithful to you? In this amazing story, when so many people had written David off, when he said, many there be, rise up against me, and they're saying that God is done with him, it's in this moment that God comes through for David. The tide is turned, Absalom's forces are defeated, and there is a young man who steps center stage in this story named Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And he steps center stage because he wants to run and tell the king that the tide has turned. Now, he is the son of Zadok. Somebody say Zadok. Zadok's name means righteousness. So remember this. Ahimaaz is literally the son of righteousness. He wants to bring David the good news that had transpired. He wants to get to the king. He wants to tell the king that the rebellion has been defeated and the man limiting him, the man telling him he can't do it is a man named Joab. Now, Joab, y'all, if you read your Bible much, you'll find out that Joab was a piece of work. He had already rebelled against David in spite of Absalom's betrayal. If you study through this, this story, in spite of all that Absalom had done, David instructed his captains, including Joab, he said, deal gently with the lad for my sake. He said, when you find him, don't hurt him. In other words, he's a mess, but he's mine. He don't deserve grace, but give it to him anyway. He's a mess, but he's mine. And, and then the truth is, if you got a child, you understand that. If you've got any children, you know that you don't get... But you don't get done with your children any more than God got done with you when you messed up. Is there anybody here that is glad to know that he loved you even in your struggle and he never got done with you? This scoundrel Joab, he's the one who thrust three spears into Absalom's heart when he found him. He also murdered his own replacement. David had uh, instructed for a new replacement to be put in position over his army, a man named Amasa. And when Joab sees him on the road, he pulls him up by his beard and like he's going to give him a hug and literally stabs him. 
And it's this rebellious, self-serving, bloodthirsty scoundrel who's trying to give Ahimaaz, the son of righteousness, advice. Joab's name literally means Jehovah is father. Yet he was doing all he could to discourage Ahimaaz. And I want to tell you this, there will always be those who come into your life acting like they're called to mentor you. But you have to be careful where you take advice from. Help me, Holy Spirit. I said you have to be careful where you take advice from. Be careful of advice that comes from fake fathers and manipulating mothers who masquerade as mentors. Be careful to let if you let fake friends whisper in your ear because often what is in their mouth is bondage and not breakthrough. You got to be careful in sensitive moments who you allow to speak into your life. But in the name of Jesus, I am declaring that in the next season, God is going to surround you with right people that speak good things into your life. Joab is a fake father. He's a masquerading mentor. And he looks at Ahimaaz and said, why will you run, my son? Verse 22, since you have no news. He said, boy, you don't even have anything to say. You don't need to run. We've already sent the Cushite. He runs better than you. He's ahead of you. He's got a head start, and you can't keep up anyway. So you don't even need to run. There's no need for you to run, boy. You just stay right here. And then he calls him my son. But I love the reply. I love the reply of this son of righteousness. Come on, somebody. This son of righteousness looked at him and refused to be discouraged and was deaf to what Joab was declaring. And he said, whatever happens, he said, let me run. He said, I'm not going to be talked out of my assignment. I'm not going to be talked down from what God has called me to do. You're not going to cancel God's assignment over my life. Whatever happens, let me run. I wish I could find some people in this room today that could make up in your mind, I will not be detoured. I will not be discouraged. I will not be talked out of it. It may not look good right now, but in the name of Jesus, I'm running to the king and I'm running for the king. So somebody holler, let me run. Let me hear from the runners in the room. So, so here's the deal. I have decided. I started out running. And next year, in January, I turned 39. <laughs> plus 21. Come on, somebody. I turned 60. Can you believe that? And I'm running harder than I've ever ran before. But here's the deal. If I would have listened to every detractor, I would have never made it. If I would have listened to bad advice, I would have never made it. I remember that I was in the altar when I gave my heart to Jesus and this deacon's wife pulled me off to the side and said, don't listen, don't you worry about ever doing anything big. You can't do nothing big. Just be saved. Just be glad to be saved. If you can just be saved, that'll be enough. But you know what? I even knew then when I wasn't serving the Lord that that advice was from the devil. 
She said, you can't accomplish anything. She said, you'll never do anything much. Just be saved. But I didn't listen to that advice then. And I ain't listening to that advice now. Back in those days, we had presbyters. And they were kind of like overseeing the young people and all the pastors in a section. And I had a leader because I had a, I had a band. And all of the, the band that I had was all made up of ex-club ex, uh, musicians. And we had a band <laughs> and we started playing. And we used to, I had a mullet then. Come on, y'all. I'm, I'm kind of getting it back. I'm working on it. But I had that mullet. You ain't seen nothing till you seen Jim Rayleigh in curls. Come on, somebody. But we had that band, and I remember I played at a youth, con uh, a youth rally in Tampa. And we had our band play, and I'm up there with my, with my mullet. And, and the, 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 we had a lead guitar player straight out of the club. And he starts playing gospel ship. Dun, 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 Got a drummer. Dun, 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 dun. I'm telling you, we were rocking out. Dun, 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 dun. Wow, I'm going to take a trip on that good old gospel ship. I am going far beyond the sky. Dun, dun, I'm going to shout and sing until all heaven rings while I am bidding this world goodbye. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Wow! Dun, dun, dun. I'll be my own guitar. Dun. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I can hardly wait. You know I don't want to be late, y'all. So I did that at a youth rally. And all of these preachers, their honey got so tight. And they called me in for a meeting. And they said, Jim Rayleigh cannot lead. He is a rock and roller. We cannot have that rock and roller. We can't. And they told me you'll never amount to anything. You'll never make it. But let me tell you, I went to an ordination. I'm telling y'all too much. My ordination service. When I'd finally been in the ministry for a few years, the very man that brought me up on charges and says I couldn't make it was the man that had to pray over me and put the preacher's mantle over my shoulders. I'm trying to tell you, baby, don't you let anybody talk you out of running. I dare somebody, if you're gonna run, no matter what the detractors say, open up your mouth and give God a praise. I didn't mean to tell everybody all that, but just tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, let me run. This son of righteousness finally prevails over Joab's discouragement, over his doubt, and he takes off running. He didn't let the Cushites head start. 
discourage him or stop him. He didn't let Joab's negative words slow him down or hinder him. He didn't let the word curses that had been spoken over him stop him from running. And here's a little side note. It's time to break off every word curse and every life-limiting declaration that has been spoken over or against your life, your purpose, or your destiny. How many of you are ready to break every single word curse that has been broken over you, that has been spoken over your life? Every life-limiting declaration, raise up your hands. I break it off of you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hold up your hands and say, let me run. Now somebody give God a praise if you're ready to run. So, so, Ahimaaz takes off running. The Cushite is out way ahead of him. But look at verse 23. Ahimaaz took another route <laughs> and passed by the Cushite. Sometimes. Yeah, I wish I could get just a little bit of help in here. I might preach if I could get just, just somebody say amen. Just. Sometimes you got to take another route. The Bible said Ahimaaz took another route and passed by the Cushite. Sometimes to get to the king quickly, you must be willing to take another route. Let me just say this. There will always be watershed moments in your life and calling when you will be, will be required to break from what's popular and familiar and take another route. There will be, I'm going to say that again, there will always be watershed moments in your life and calling when you will be required to break from the popular and the familiar and take another route. My question is, is there anybody here today willing to take another route? I don't know about you, but I want to take the route that will get me to the king the fastest. I'm not running just to run, y'all. I'm not preaching just to preach. I'm not standing here just to stand up in front of folk. I'm trying to get to the king. I'm trying to do something for the king. And here's a word for somebody. If the route you've been running has not been working, don't wait. Take another route. If the route you've been on ain't working, don't take the same route. If you've been messed up in depression and discouragement and frustration, you are on the wrong route. But I feel like there are some people here today that's so ready to get connected to the king that you'll take another route if you have to. Let me hear from the people who are ready to take another route. Come on. He took another route. Now, years ago, there was a radical shift. Watch this now. In the spirit-filled church, probably about 18 years ago, 20 years ago. And it seemed that the trend became, even in Pentecostal fellowships and denominations, to run routes that didn't include altar calls. That didn't include laying on hands. 
that didn't include the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. That didn't include radical revival services. And years ago, I had people meeting with me and they were trying to get me to run that route. They were trying, do you imagine that? I had even staff members that were trying to get me, this is a new thing and you need to try it. And I realized that a lot of it was birthed out of problems that we had had in the Pentecostal church. Because in those days there was hype without holiness. We had a lot of compromise in the pulpit. But see, I watched many of my friends, almost all in some circles, they froze out revival. They stopped teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They started playing secular music in their parking lots. Y'all don't want me to preach. And they moved away from services that were saturated in the Spirit of God. I watched them walk away from the supernatural. And I was under pressure to follow suit. But I'm telling you, that was not my route. I told Dawn, I said, baby, if we build a church like that, I'm not even going to want to go to it. If I build a church that freezes out the move of God and freezes out the supernatural, why do we even want to go to church? I don't want to go to a church like that. So I I refuse to do that. And I ran another route. I ran another route. I ran a different route. I refused cute, contained, controlled services. I stayed with radical. I stayed with revival. I stayed with glory-filled gatherings. And nine campuses later, and thousands of people later. Y'all don't want me to preach. When two weeks ago on the Sunday that we preached, uh, 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 what was it? What did we preach? The vow? We had 300 and something people saved. We had over 5,600 people in church. I'm trying to tell you 18 years later, nine campuses later, I'm glad I took another route. I dare somebody who's glad you took another route. Give God a praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes you got to take another route. Let me tell you, after COVID and all the drama of this last season, here's what I tell preachers. The attractional wave has crested. Huge church has crested. If you are watching me, preacher, you better hear my voice. Those 45, 50-minute services that you've been trying to have that don't have any glory or any power to them, you need to take another route. America needs revival. A generation needs awakening. Take another route. Praise until you worship. Worship until the glory comes. Preach until conviction hits the house. Lay hands on the sick. Take another route. The attractional wave is crested. My word for you today is don't just run. Run a different route. I'll never run the politically correct route or the cute route or the religious route or the water down the word route. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You say, well, 
Apostle, I don't even know <laughs> how to run that route. How do I do it? Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye therein. Let me run. This is what I'm looking for in 2023 going into 2024. I want to get a word and run. Tell your neighbor, get a word and run. Get a word about your children. Get a word about your new season. Get a word about revival. Listen, I have come to tell you, you can give up on America if you want to. You can give up on the next generation if you want to. But I rise up to say I'm getting a word from heaven. And I'm saying, devil, you can't have the next generation. Get a word and run. I said, get a word and run. Get a word and run. Now look at the 24th verse. 2 Samuel 18, and the watchman went up on the roof of the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes and looked. Here it is. Don't miss this. And there was a man running alone, the son of righteousness. It's not just running, y'all. Ahimaaz is running alone. What if the Lord requires you in certain seasons to run alone? What if you got to run without your family? Come on, somebody. What if you got to run, run without the friends that you used to have? What if you got to run without folks you've depended on in the past? Do you still want to run? You better hear me now, precious. I've been doing this a long time. And there will be times in your life in ministry when you will be required to run alone. Why? Because there will be times when what you carry and the level of your pursuit will require you to run alone because everybody ain't carrying what you carry and everybody ain't in pursuit of what you're in pursuit of. But I have made up in my mind that I'm not going to sacrifice what I carry and I'm not going to stop pursuing the things of God and I'll run alone if it takes it. I dare somebody, if you're willing to run alone, if you have to, make a little noise right now. <sighs> Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, sometimes what you carry, holler at him and say, what you're pursuing will require you to run alone. I'm gonna ask you one more time. Is there anybody here ready to run alone if you have to? Will you, will you be the only one in your family? Will you be the only one in your family if you have to? Will you be the only? There have been times, y'all, I felt so alone. 26 years of pastoring here, there's been times, y'all, I felt so alone. But here's what I know. Sometimes God will get you by yourself to get you to yourself. He will get you by yourself to show you that those people are not your source. Those friends are not your source. Those family members are not your source. And I'm telling you, I have ran alone. But you know what? Sometimes when I get alone, I'll get alone till I'm not alone anymore. And I begin to call upon the name that is above every name. 
I've come to let you know run if you gotta run alone let go whoever you gotta let go of abandon whoever you gotta abandon but make up in your mind I am running to the king now watch this sometimes you have to run alone David sat alone before he sat on a throne he was alone in the wilderness we want to bypass those days come on somebody David sat on a sat alone before he sat on a throne isolation often precedes elevation God will get you by yourself where you ain't got nobody else to depend on, nobody else to count on, nobody else to rely on. And it's in those moments that you find out he's always been your source. Hallelujah. Sometimes Here's the reality. What I've learned is sometimes you got to leave the herd to be heard. I don't want to sound like everybody else. I don't want to preach like everybody else. I don't want my worship to be like everybody else's. I'm not dogging anybody out. But I have made up in my mind that I want more of God and I'll run alone if I have to. Now, now watch this. Look at, look, look at 2 Samuel 18. It says, here comes another man. This is what David said. David stands up and looks. The watchman says, here comes a man, and he's running alone. And David said, here comes another man running alone. And then the king said, he's a good man. I know that man. He does what he says he's going to do. He's a good man. He, he, he's a dependable man. He's a reliable man. He's a worshiping man. Come on, y'all. He's a praying man. Here's the question. What do people say when they see you coming? Oh, I wish I... Oh, it's quiet in here now. What do they say when they see you coming? Here comes a gossiping woman. Here comes a compromising man. Here comes a man who doesn't live what he preached. Listen, I have made up in my mind that, 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 that I want to live in a place where, where even when people see me coming, they're not surprised by the stands that I take. I will run alone. I can't run with everybody. Just tell your neighbor, I love everybody, but I can't run with everybody. I can't run with every preacher. I love preachers, and I love every pastor. But if you can't tell the difference between a man and a woman, y'all ain't saying nothing. I can't run with you. If you can't tell the difference between a little boy and a little girl, I will run alone before I run with you. If you are racist, I can't run with you. Where's the real people at? I can't run with you. If you call yourself a bishop and you go to another church in your city where the bishop there is homosexual and he's married to a man and you look at him and stand in front of his church and apologize 
for what you've preached in the last 20 years. I love you, but I can't run with you. And it's time to stop pretending like either one of these men are bishops in the Lord's church because they are not. See, I, I, I made it too plain right there. But there are some people in this room who made up in their mind, Apostle, I want to run with you. And I want you to preach the word. I want you to tell the truth. If that's you, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. But if you want a pastor that's going to compromise, I'm going to be 60 years old. Do you think I preached for almost 40 years to change what I'm believing now? To change what I'm preaching now? To change what I'm confessing now? Baby, let me tell you I've made up in my mind. I'm going to stay with the old path. Listen I'll, listen, I'll change the look. I'll change the stage. I'll buy a screen. I'll get some new sound. I'll dress. I look cool today. Come on, y'all. I'll dress differently than you see most preachers dress. But at the end of the day, I ain't compromising the book. I'm not compromising the word. If that's who you want to run with, open up your mouth and give God a praise. So watch this. Y'all getting anything out of this? I'm getting something out of it if y'all aren't. So Ahimaaz takes a different route. Make a little noise if you'll take a different route if that's what it takes. Come on. Okay, he's running alone. Make a little noise if you'll run alone before you'll compromise who you are in Jesus. Ahimaaz is running, watch. The Cushite is running. Both are headed for the king. Ahimaaz is running with good news. The rebellion has been quelled. David, you can go back and sit on your throne. And he's running with good news. Mm -hmm. But the Cushite is running with the rest of the story. The Cushite is running. And he's not just going to tell David the rebellion has been quelled. He's running also with the bad news. Your son has perished. You have good news running and you have bad news running. The reality of it all is this. Preachers nowadays have to run with the good news and the bad news. You have to run with the promise of heaven but you've also got to run with the the promise of hell. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We need preachers that will run and say there is a heaven, there is a Jesus, there is an eternity, and you can spend it in heaven, but we also need preachers that will be like the Cushite and say you must repent 
you there is only one God there is only one way to God and his name is Jesus Christ see y'all don't want to shout now but I'll go ahead and preach Buddha will not get you to God Muhammad will not get you to God Krishna will not get you to God but there is a name that is high above every name that at the name of Jesus Oh, we need preachers that will stand up with good news and bad. We need preachers that will preach heaven and hell. We need prayer. Listen, I will preach till you shout, but I'll also preach till you repent. I'll preach till you rejoice, but I'll preach till you weep. See, the reality is the bad news is what makes the good news good. I've said this a while back, and I'll say it again. We got to restore the fear of the Lord back in the church. When the church gets a fear of God, the devil will get a fear of the church. Can I say that again? When the church gets a fear of God, the devil will get a fear of the church. I have made up in my mind, y'all that the devil's going to fear this church. If you want to go to some spiritually sissified church, you're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong man. This is going to be a praying church. This is going to be a giving church. This is going to be a fasting church. This is going to be a church that binds the devil, that takes authority over demons. This is going to be a church where people get saved, healed, and delivered. My, my dad used to tell this story. He, he, he said the devil called a meeting in hell. And he said, I want you to discourage some people in Ormond Beach, in Palm Coast, in Daytona, wherever y'all live, in Holly Hill and Port Orange. I want you to discourage some people. He told this little demon. So... He runs up, gets on this Christian's shoulder and said to him, you're defeated. He goes, I'm not defeated. He said, yes, you are. You're defeated. You've had a terrible week. It's not going good. Nobody even likes you. You're defeated. He said, you know what? I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. I'm defeated. He said, you're discouraged. Yes, I am. I'm discouraged because I'm defeated. He goes back to the devil. He said, I got one. He said, go get another one. He jumps on another one's shoulder and he said, you know what? He said, you are worried. You are worried. I'm not worried. Yes, you are. You don't have enough money. You've never had enough money. You won't have enough money. You're going to be broke the rest of your life. It's never going to get any better. You are discouraged and you are worried. I'm not discouraged. Yes, you are. Oh, I am not discouraged. You're worried and you're discouraged. You know what? I really am. I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. He went back down to the devil, that little demon. He said, you know what? It happened again. I discouraged him. And did he come to the third person? And that third person happened to go to Calvary. 
And the de- little devil said, you are discouraged. The guy said, I'm not discouraged. I'm full of joy. No, you're discouraged because you're depressed. I'm not depressed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The demon said, wait a minute. You're discouraged because you're under attack. I'm not discouraged because no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Well, you're discouraged because you're defeated and the enemy's overcoming you. I am not discouraged. I am not defeated. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Yeah, but you, you, you're discouraged because your family, they're not serving the Lord. He said, yet. They're not serving the Lord totally yet. But here's why I'm not discouraged. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That little demon goes back down into hell and he's walking around like this and he finally comes up to the devil and the devil said, what's wrong with you? And the little demon said, I'm discouraged. I'm telling you, I have made up in my mind that I want to lead a church that knows how to discourage the enemy. That no. I dare somebody right now who wants to be a part of that kind of church. Open up your mouth and give God a praise. Some of y'all, some of y'all get out of bed and say, oh my Lord, I'm up. What's the devil going to do to me today? I want to see you get so anointed that when you get out of bed, the devil said, oh my goodness, they're up. What are they going to do to me today? Who are they going to witness to today? Listen. Let me run. Tell your neighbor, say, let me run. Let me run. I've been through too much and God has been too faithful. Let me run. Now, now watch this. Malachi 4 says that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Do you remember what Ahimaaz's name meant? His name, his dad's name was Zadok and his, Zadok's name means righteousness. So he is a son of righteousness. So when he ran, he ran with healing in his wings. Uh, that son of righteousness ran with healing in his wings. The Bible said in Malachi that Jesus would come and he would rise with healing in his wings. I want a church that runs out of here with healing in your wings. Heal your family. Heal your children. I want to heal this city. I want to heal this nation. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Whatever happens, let me run. If you're willing to run, give God a praise right now. Come on. I want to run to the drug addict and say you can be set free. I want to run to those that are bound in sexual sin and tell them you can be delivered. I want to run to the suicidal and tell them you got a reason to live. I want to run to the sick and tell them God still heals. Tell somebody in your neighborhood whatever happened. Let me run. Jump on your feet right now and give God a 30 second praise if you're ready to run. Come on, if you're ready to run out of here like a son of righteousness with healing in your wings. Get one neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, say you can just stand there if you want to. 
but I need to give God praise because I ain't walking out of here I'm running I'm running into the enemy's camp and I'm gonna take back what the devil stole from me I'm running to Emory Riddle I'm running to BCU I'm running in the name of Jesus what ever happens let me run what we need now is for people to run like a hemass he was the he was the son of righteousness and malachi said that the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings let me tell you something our nation needs healing that's just the truth we need a touch of god I've seen things that I never thought I would see play over here, son. I've watched things happen in our nation. It's hard for me to believe. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And we think that the answers are conventional. But God's not going to allow any other answer except Jesus. He's not going to allow it. He's not going to let any agenda but the agenda of heaven be the answer for the world. I was watching a man today and it, and it blessed me. He's a very influential man. And he said... Many are saying that God is done with America. He said, but I am a perpetual optimist when it comes to God because I've seen him move so supernaturally. And this man said, I believe that God's not done with my nation. Some of y'all say, you've heard me say this before. Some of y'all say God is done with America. God ain't done with America. No, he's not. You know why? Because I'm American. And if he's done with America, he'd have to be done with me. So I know God ain't done with America because he ain't done with me. But what we need to be, we, we walk that fine line. We want our truth to be truth, but we want to be full of love. That's the challenge that I have as a preacher. When I stand up and I say things, people say, well, he's just a hate monger. Look at him. He's out of touch. He talks about things. No, he needs to leave that alone. And people will say anybody who touches those things is full of hate. And I've seen so many people move away from preaching truth. But again, I'm 59. But I'm going to run a different route. Because here's the truth, y'all. If we become the world to win the world, have we won the world? 
or has the world won us? If we become them and we don't be, and we're not agents of change. So here's, here's my instructions to you. Three things. Number one, take a different route. Make up in your mind that you, you're going to speak truth in your family and you're going to speak it in love. Take a different route. Number two, be willing to run alone if you have to. There will be seasons, sir, when you have to run alone. But I would rather run alone and stay true to who I am than run with a crowd and compromise who God's called me to be. But here's the most important thing. No matter what you've endured, David endured betrayal, heartache. But what did he say? He said, go easy on the lad for my sake. He said, I still love him. We're going to run with love. We're going to love people right where they are. It's love that changes people's lives. And if you're here today and you're struggling with sin, I'm going to tell you that I love you and I'm going to give you the good news that Jesus loves you. But I'm also going to come right along with it and tell you that heaven is real, but so is hell, young person. And Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere. You hear me? Still love me? And the only thing that can keep you out of heaven is sin. Nothing, if, you've, if you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, that'll get you right into heaven. Well, you say, well, I'm a good man, apostle. My dad used to talk about a man that was in his church, and he came up to my dad and said, I'm as good as anybody in this church. The man would never repent. He said, because I'm as good as anybody in, in this church except for this cigar. And my dad said, you're better than most of the men in this church, cigar and all. He said, but here's the deal. What makes them ready to meet God is they are washed in the blood and they've accepted Jesus. There's something that I heard years ago, and I need to close, but a preacher preached a message years ago called a good man's hell. There will be people who were kind, nice, and pleasant who will not make it to heaven See, now I'm preaching in ways you don't hear. What unlocks heaven for us is not our works, it's Jesus. That's it. You want to clap for Jesus, you clap for Jesus. Come on, because that's the truth. So here's the deal, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If there's any sin in your life right now, and you'd say, Apostle, there's some things in my life that keep me from the Lord. And when you pray for somebody, pray for me. Because I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want to make sure I'm ready. If you're not ready to meet the Lord, I love you so much. You by live stream, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. Pray for me, Apostle. One. Remember me, Apostle, two, three. Slip that hand right up. Slip it right up. Bless you.
Thank you. Anybody else hold it up? I see hands being lifted across the room. Yes, sir, I see it. Hallelujah. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hands, raise it now. I'm not where I need to be, Apostle. Five, four. I want to run out of here with victory. If you raised your hand up, keep it up. Three, two, one. If you raised your hand and you really meant it, I want you to come right here to the front because I want to pray with you. I promise you won't come alone. People are beginning to move right now. Come right here to the front, young man. Let me pray with you. Come right here to the front. Yeah, here they come. Hallelujah. Look at this. I wish y'all would rejoice in the Lord because, man, I preached it straight and true today. Come on, look at the people coming. See, this is what happens when you just speak truth and love. I wish y'all would clap like a runner. Clap like somebody who's excited. Hallelujah, Jesus. If it's you, I want it. I need it. If it's you, pour it out on me. Oh, Jesus, if it's you, I want it. I need it if it's you. Look at people still coming. Somebody rejoice. Sing it, John. If it's you. Pour it out on me. Pour it out on me. Oh, Jesus. If it's you, I want Oh, I need it. you. Pour it out on me. So, put your hand on your heart, everybody, right now. Today represents a brand new start. Now, let me tell you something. Everybody, put your hand on your heart right here, just like this this is what we're going to give to the Lord I want to tell you how much I love you how much I believe in you how great your purpose is how great God's plan is and listen this is the first step because you run after this in the name of Jesus you're going to run as a believer in the Lord so everybody put your hand on your heart raise your other hand everybody on live stream if you're going to pray this prayer pray up after me right now loud and strong pray Heavenly Father Come on, pray it loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart, wash it clean in your precious blood. I've been trying it my way, but it hasn't been working. There's a better way. There's a higher way, and that's your way. So today, on this Thanksgiving weekend, I'm thankful that I'm standing here giving all that I am to you. Make me what you want me to be. I give myself to you in Jesus' name. Everybody stretch your hands toward these right now. Give them a hand. Come on, give them a hand. All the altar workers, go to them real quickly. And I want you to stretch your hands toward them. Remember when I'm going to pray for them and then I'm going to announce a blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that these decisions, come on, altar workers, go right to them. Go right to them. 
We declare that these decisions now have changed eternity forever. We declare that these men and these women will follow Jesus the rest of their lives. We declare that heaven will be their home. We declare that they run with healing in their wings, even as new believers in Jesus' name. Now hold up your hands. I bless you. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that you don't walk out of here in faith, you run out of here. That you're going to see the breakthroughs that you've been trusting for. That this week you take a different route. You take the route of praise. You take the route of faith. You take the route that says, God, you can do anything. I trust you and I believe in you. I cancel every word curse. Come on, hold up your hands. I cancel every word curse that you've spoken against yourself or that's been spoken over you. And I declare that this is a week of powerful and mighty breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, let me run. Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time? And so, you can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.